Welcome back, people of the world. We're about to get started with episode four, part two of the Hell Pockets interview. It's a really good one. Um, so sit back and relax and enjoy a really good conversation I have with a really good friend. Enjoy. Exactly. Um, and uh, we're talking about how you had that offer to commentate and how you decided to go with KOF because, you know, it's been so good to you, whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what interests, interests me about you a lot um, that really makes up your personality is um, how you're, one, dedicated to the things that you love um, and, B, how... When people see you, I don't think they expect you to have such a such a a, a, a soft um, <laughs> in, in a good way, such a, a soft and approachable type of person. Seeing as you're a pretty big guy, you're pretty loud, but um, I've always seen you as a really nice guy that uh, you might talk some shit, but you're probably one of the more sensitive dudes out there, to be honest. Oh, super sensitive, man. Like, I'll be honest, like, sometimes I try to summon the the high school me mm-hmm. which was even then like a little bit of hot and cold um yeah. and i just can't do it anymore you know i'm like i just like people having a good time around me i don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because i wouldn't want to feel uncomfortable approaching someone i thought was worth having a conversation with you know yeah i feel like a lot of the times people have this image not just of me but of other uh commentators big personalities in their heads mm-hmm. And they psych themselves out. They're just like, oh, boy, like if I say the wrong thing, he might just yeah. you know, put me on blast or something. We've seen that happen. Like, mm-hmm. people go on Twitter. It's like, man, this fucking weirdo came up to me talking about can he have his my, my autograph? And then he pulled his pants down. Like, oh, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, people are afraid of, like, just kind of things going badly with the first meeting. And I, I, I'm definitely someone who has that kind of anxiety also where I just want everything to go smoothly. I want everybody to, to just be able to talk. And if, I'm, if the energy's not there, then that, that's fine. That's, you know, we can live with that. Um, and so I try, to, I, I try to just be as cordial and inviting to everyone as, as I possibly can because I've always lived by the code that I like everybody until they give me a reason not to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I 100% agree with that, even to your own detriment, because there's often times of being like, hey, man, like <laughs> maybe you want to, like, take a step back or whatever <clears throat> until obviously. See, the thing is, is you're such a nice guy and you're so um, you're one of those people that me personally and maybe Gibby feels this way, too, is that you're so nice that we almost feel like we want to protect you, like. Like oh, wow. I, it, 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 it bothers me uh, that people don't see what we see, you know, that you're really warm, welcoming dude. And um, that here's here's something that I can relate to to you is is downplaying my intelligence to make other people feel comfortable. That's something that I learned really young uh, because here's a good example. Um where I was growing up, um, there was there weren't a lot of people that where I moved, there was a significant gap in like education, you know, like 
the classics were the classes were way easier when I moved from a certain LA area to where I'm at in the Inland Empire. Like it's like dramatically different. Um, I was dude acing every fucking class, no problem. I wasn't even nowhere near trying, right? I mean, it was kind of like that at the other schools, but it was a little bit more challenging. But this shit was so easy, dude. And it made me so paranoid because I wanted to fit in. You know, when you're you're young, you just want to fit in wherever the fuck you can. But I knew enough as a young man that if you were a nerd, you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, is that um, they prescribed glasses to me at a really young age, like at like second or third grade. I mm-hmm. fucking refused to wear this shit. I refused because I was like, fuck no. They beat up kids like that at school. I ain't wearing that shit. I don't care if I can't see shit. I don't give a fuck. Dude, just so many opportunities were thrown my way. Even with school, like there was like uh, these classes that they try to give me for gifted young kids. And uh, they make you take this test, like an aptitude test or whatever the fuck it is. I purposely bombed it on purpose. And the uh, the the person that administered it, they were like, you bombed it. And I, was, I didn't understand that term. You know, they were like, you bombed the test on purpose. And I was like, I don't know what that means. They were like, you purposely failed the test. And I was like, oh, I was like, uh, well, yeah, I'm not trying to be with these fucking nerds. I'm, like, I'm good, bro. You guys are cramping my style. Like, you guys don't know me, you know. I was so concerned with being cool as a young kid. And um, that's something that I dealt with. Um Obviously, obviously, a lot of things come to head in our high school years, right? Like, that's when we get our ultimate test of, like, what the fuck is our identity? Who the fuck am I? Because everything gets tested. That in college, right? Or those years that some would be going to college, those that age. Um, And, yeah, and, and I think about you, and I think about how a similar but obviously different journey that you had to take being – a big ass black dude that loves anime in a time where that shit wasn't fucking cool. You know, it wasn't okay at all. It, especially back in the day. Like, uh, and, and I think that's something that may be hard for a lot of the younger generation to understand, even with video games, dude. Like I remember how uncool it would be to girls. If you're like, Oh, I played video <laughs> games. You're like, oh my God, dude, what are you fucking five? You know, <laughs> it was definitely deflecting women uh if you told them that you did whatever right and i know some people would be like well, why don't you just get a girl that likes games get yourself a gamer girl i was like Dude, those didn't, didn't exist, exist. Then, they didn't exist back then yeah and um uh a lot of those a lot that, that that had to be very difficult for you and i want to ask you like what was that like i mean I, I have a different perspective and but for you being such a person that i know that is a pretty fucking huge fan and seems to be like a person that is very difficult to just like hold that type of joy in. How was that for you growing up and having those interests where it was very hard to relate to other people? Well, I'll be honest. Uh, we had, we do have a similar uh, path that we both took there. Um, mm-hmm. I always did well in school for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, up until I want to say middle school. And that's when I started, you know, learning about things like, you know, started got my first Dragon Ball manga when I was 11 years old. Yeah. Started taking Japanese classes when I was 11 years old. And. Oh, dude, 11. You're way ahead of your time. Holy shit. 11. That's a fucking flex, dude. People wait till college to do that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the way that happened was like I was at summer school one year 
And I was the kind of kid that go to summer school just to get ahead. <laughs> You're it. such a yeah. fucking weeb, dude. Holy shit. 11 years old look at learning Japanese. Okay, and sorry. I, I, ahead, I met this kid named Jeff Matsuda. Oh, and shit. He was, he had this dragon, but he had the Broly uh, movie manga. Oh, like my the, God. Like the old, uh, when they used to like transcribe the movie. Uh, dude, I, I'm not even going to lie, yeah, dude. That. I would I would have busted a nut on site. Like, I did. I dude, did. shit like that would have fucking wrecked my world. Oh, my God. It blew me the fuck up, dude. And I was just like, I can't even read this shit. But, like, the art is just so amazing. I've never seen something like this before. Yeah. So I, I latched on to it. And by the end of summer back at the semester, I, back in regular school, I was already buying, you know, Tonkoban, like, the big collection mangas and stuff. I was, like, mm-hmm. bringing them to school. I was showing other people. And some people were cool with it. But most people were just like, what the fuck happened to Chris? And... <laughs> I started like, and my, and my circle of friends were the people I had known for a long ass time, and we definitely didn't get down like that. You know, mm. we were definitely all about hip hop, weed, and other shit. And when I brought that to the mix, they were just like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? Like, yeah. are you, are you, are you turning like?" And what they would say to me was like, "Are you turning white, man? Like, are you becoming like a fucking Oreo?" Wow. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm not sure what that meant, because I'm like, I'm reading, I'm trying to read a Japanese manga, so I don't see where the white part comes into it, but that's mm. the ignorance of the circle I was with, and that shit really fucked with me, and so uh, uh, initially, initially um, what was it like before you hit that point of, oh, you had the realization that this wasn't cool? Like, do you remember if there was a moment where you were like, oh, this isn't something I could talk about openly because I feel like you probably totally approached it from an innocent point of view. You're like, yeah, this is fucking tight. Like you say, you showed all your friends, but there had to be a moment where you're like, oh, this isn't something that I could just talk about openly. Like I kind of got to take a step back. I mean, for me, it was, (laughs) it was like almost like, not instantaneous when I realized it, but it was just like, it was very in my face. Cause like mm. I got bullied a little bit when I was a kid because mm. people knew I was a nice dude, you know, like if they yeah. fucked with me, then they knew they would get some business, but my friends knew they could fuck with me. Yeah. And I think that when I started bringing that stuff to school, I don't know if it threatened them or if they were just like, just haters or whatever, but they would mm. definitely like just shit on me in front of everybody about it, you know? And so like my, reputation took a fucking dive in seventh and eighth grade um and it hadn't hit my grades just yet but there was a uh there was a moment where i was trying not to let it get to me and i was just keeping my head down doing my work and like i was receding i was drunk withdrawing from a lot of people that i was usually cool with and they were out having the time of their lives and shit and i'm just like Mm -hmm. you know what i don't think that you want me around you know and um it wasn't so bad yet, but like I, it was making me, like you know, just doubt myself as a, as a, as a human almost. I remember there was this one year in eighth grade, where I didn't even realize it, but I got all A's, you know. Mm-hmm. And they put me on this fucking parade called the African American Honor Roll. We marched through the fucking streets of San Francisco. They have that shit there. Big, wow. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. And we had this big coronation in uh, mm-hmm. some church, and. I was just like, oh man, I I don't know if I want to keep this. Out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, they're gonna want this shit all the time, and sure enough, I get back to school and they're just like, oh, so you an honor roll student now? And I'm like, oh, fucking fuck target on your back, dude. It was rough, man. I get it. And, dude. I was I was definitely and like, there. I, 
I could have I could have fought those dudes, but these were the closest guys to me. So I was like, yeah. fight these because I'm literally alone. I I have nothing after this. Yeah. And and I'm probably getting suspended. Yeah. And they're gonna be like, why'd you punch this dude? And I'm like, because he was talking shit about my grades mm-hmm. and my manga. And at the time, I really dug this stuff, but I was like, it ain't worth you know that kind of static. Right. So I just kind of told myself, well, if I don't do well in school, no one will expect me to do better. And so oh, I just, yeah. you're not alone. A fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Been there. I, 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 uh-huh. I, uh, I didn't do homework. I didn't study some, some tests I passed just because I knew the shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And now that I realized it, I was like, Oh man, I must've been that good that I didn't even study for tests and I was passing them. I still graduated from, you know, that school. Mm-hmm. But when I got into high school, like part of me felt like it was a fresh start. And, the other part of me thought, you know what, let's trade one for the other. So I gave up the academic stuff more or less in my head to yeah. hold on to the manga stuff, basically, because mm-hmm. I was like, I need to have one of these. And I really love Japanese manga and anime, so I'm going to hold on to that. And I still caught shit from that from all my friends, and they still gave me shit because a lot of us went to the same high school. And yeah, I was willing to defend it because I was like, well, hey, at least I ain't no nerd, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember there was this one time I was riding home from school on the bus. It was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And um, I had bought the uh, the BoJack VHS from uh, Japantown. Legend. And oh I, I used to bring that shit to school every day, oh man. I would bring God, that shit to school dude. every day and like find like a freaking uh, AV cart and just plug that shit in. Dude, bust if, it out. if I would have found you, I would have thought you were a god. I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, oh dude. It, here's the thing is... Um, that shit if you don't mind can you give a certain time frame around what this was like year this i mean i was in ninth grade so this had to be like uh 96 95 all right so as i figured that shit was crazy if you had some shit like that that dude uh for people like me who have no idea how the fuck you acquired shit like that, you know, cause I'm younger than you by, I don't know, like five years or six years or something like that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. the, you, your age group would be the only people that may be able to know somewhat of how to acquire goods like that. I have no idea. I am fucking like 11, 12 years old. Uh, when shit like that is popping off when I, when I really started getting exposed to stuff like that. And the only reason uh, is because my Vietnamese friend, who was one of my <laughs> best friends at the time, their family would go to this Japanese market in uh, San Diego, uh, like often, right? And I remember this kid used to bring all kinds of shit and show that shit off. And this is why me and him were super good friends. I oh, I always was was able to manage. Uh, to have friends in pretty much every single type of clique or group, right? Mm-hmm. That was my superpower in uh, school. Hey, so- mine too, man. <laughs> the social aspect that I was I was able to relate to pretty much everybody. Um, but this kid, I remember he brought, before I've ever seen it on TV before, or ever seen it anywhere, he brought Pokemon cards and Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT cards. And I was like, immediately, not so much the Pokemon shit, but... Uh, Dragon Ball stuff. I was immediately enamored, like on sight. On sight, I saw. I was like, "What the fuck is that? I've never seen anything like that, and I need to see more." 
and I would give this kid money to go buy me shit. Now, I was a big sucker when I was younger because I don't know how it works. This kid just can't go to San Diego whenever the fuck he feels like it. So right. uh, that money pretty much got copped. And I remember I was <laughs> I was kind of a little violent kid, and I threatened to beat his ass a bunch of fucking times. But because I liked the kid so much, I never actually followed through. And I just – it's because I thought it was just something you do. It's that's stupid. I was really little. Um, But anyways – you bringing something like that, especially because I, uh, in 96, 97, the furthest I ever saw the series go, because I definitely didn't read the manga, but the furthest I ever saw was when Saban started releasing episodes of Dragon Ball Z, and they <clears throat> got to when Goku arrives, and then that's it. So if you showed yeah. me, but, but, but all the other merchandise was already out there. Like if you go to Mexico, Fucking, they're way ahead of everybody else. They already mm, had shit. Super Saiyan shit, GT shit, everything. Everything was fucking bootlegged at the swap meets. Like, bro, it was crazy. I had only seen Super Saiyan shit in print, never in actual video or like uh, figurines, right? So if you had come to school with fucking Bojack, which had future fucking trunks, Team Gohan, bro, mm -hmm. that would, I would a lot, that movie could have sucked balls like <laughs> i'm talking the worst fucking movie ever but dude i would have been glued glued to that fucking monitor man because that's how much that shit meant to me at the time but wow um i'm sure somebody thought you were a god when you brought that right well i, was, I, I will say that there were there were sparks that kept me going because every now and then you would show that shit off and people would be like either recognize it and i bet cool and i would have like a kindred spirit there or there'd be people that were like hey yo like that's pretty sick and you would yeah i would kind of get this nice feeling where i'm like okay i'm not gonna have to you know either argue with this person or i'm gonna i'm not gonna have to turn off the video and walk away because i don't want to get in trouble for calling them out you know mm -hmm. um it was just a nice vibe and i lived for that shit i was like dude like and and, and that's when i got committed mm. that's when i was like you know what dude i'll totally deal with the bullshit if it's just one dude that is feeling it you know if it's one person and, and uh, like back in ninth grade if it's a girl my like, fuck yeah <laughs> but yeah um yeah dude imagine if a girl would actually like that oh that didn't happen <laughs> that didn't happen to me almost ever until much it didn't happen to me much either <laughs> much later I, I i honestly dude i feel for uh because now it's all in the open yeah Liking anime is not a taboo thing or nearly as much as it used to be. Um, and Dragon Ball type shit kind of comes with the territory. I think most women know what that is and they're accepting yeah. of it no matter what culture you come from. Because um, I remember there was this girl, she, had, she was with her dude and she would post on her Snapchat. She was like, oh my God, my boyfriend's watching, watching fucking Dragon Ball and she'd take pictures of it. And I was like, oh, man. Uh, I thought it was just... Dude, I just thought it was nice that she was tolerating it. I was like, wow, what a good girlfriend. She's fucking tolerating it. Um, but, uh, yeah, man. I mean, um, going back to, like, a lot of the stuff uh, we dealt with uh, um, growing up uh, all the way to adulthood is uh, times are very different right now. Like, the things that we're into they're not necessarily looked down on at all. If anything, uh, it's celebrated way more than it was ever before, right? 
Uh, yeah, I would say that it's become n- not quite the mainstream, but it's damn uh-huh. near close. I think a lot of this, as they call it, nerd culture uh-huh. is the cutting edge, you know, because people are at the place that we were at uh-huh. or they wanted something new and they got a taste of it and they were, and now it's easier to pursue these new, uh, these new interests. It's so much easier to do that. And there's still people that judge you, but judging yeah. people is out of, it's, it's, it's out of place now. It's <laughs> out of style. If you're judgy now, you're almost like the bad guy and you were the bad guy back then too, but you're definitely the bad guy now. <laughs> um, yeah, I just remember keeping a lot of shit low key until until I found like the super fucking gory violent shit and I was like, "Oh, this shit? My hood ass friends can appreciate this shit." Cuz yeah. like showing them fucking ninja scroll and shit like that where fucking bodies were getting decapitated and stuff like that. Oh man. Now so that like, stuff, anybody can enjoy. Any violent motherfucker can enjoy that shit. So, like, for me, I, uh-huh. I got a story about this involving my cousins, right? So, like, yeah. we would go to, like, you know, the video stores to rent stuff. Uh-huh. And I would always head towards the Japanese animation section. Yeah. And they would always say, yo, they got Fist of the North Star. And, like, we had seen that shit a million times, right? But we yeah. had never seen it together. And uh-huh. at the time, I was like, I'm not really trying to watch that again, you know? And <laughs> they also had the Ranma OVAs. Okay. <laughs> I like, Dude, I love this shit, right? Uh-huh. So I told them, I'm going to get this. And they're like, is that like Fist of the North Star? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. man, I put that shit on and they roasted me for like a week. Oh, dude. They were just like, what the fuck is... And, and like, luckily there was a couple scenes where they showed some titties and they were like, oh, nice. Yeah, dude, fucking... Japanese culture is so fucking different <laughs> that they could have... Uh... The aesthetic look very cartoony and then bam titties or fucking not only just that okay i'll give you a good example of where i think i was really turned from certain aesthetics to like appreciate it where usually i'm like oh this looks like it's for little kids um i watched princess mononoke right okay um they had the vhs at my uh, local fucking video store or whatever the fuck for rent and I don't know what convinced me to rent it, but I thought that fucking movie was so bitch, bro. I thought it was like some weenie ass shit. Cause I was like, why am I gonna watch? Cause it, they they had they call it Japanimation back then, um, yeah. and they had it in that section, Japanimation section, whatever. And I was like, no way. You turn it on the backside, and the the tapes that they had there, it was another one too that had these accolades. Would it be like, oh, the fucking Spielberg of fucking animation made this movie and it had all these accolades on it i was like well it's got to be good then if all these people are saying that it's so great like i think it won academy awards and shit like it was a big fucking deal um well i wouldn't know because i didn't watch the academy awards when i was fucking nine or ten you know (laughs) yeah i was like well they're winning awards back then if you saw something that was winning awards that's how they used to get you bro it could have won fucking Oh, uh, your local film studio or film club thought this was five out of five. And they'd put that shit on the back and be like, oh, adequate. Okay, I'll fucking rent it. So anyways, that was a description. I have no idea why I bit. No idea. But I finally bit on watching uh, Princess Mononoke. And at first I was like, okay, this is interesting. And if you know the aesthetics of uh, Miyazaki movies and stuff like that, um, it's not like 
it's not inherently violent looking or like no. very masculine looking or anything like that. Um, if you're coming from the only thing you know is Dragon Ball, it doesn't really. There should be no appeal. Yeah, it's it's hard to connect, right? Yeah. So in the very beginning, there's a part where the main character is riding on his horse, and I guess they're fighting this fucking pig that's like a demon possessor. I don't know what the fuck. It's been a while since I watched mm-hmm. the movie, but they're getting chased by these other like bandits or some shit. And this motherfucker shoots an arrow and takes his fucking head off. And I was like, dog, I didn't know that these movies went hard (laughs) like this. I was stunned because you just don't make that connection right. It's like if you watched The Lion King and at some point fucking Mufasa rips a hyena's face off. You know, like what? That would be fucking jarring, right? Yeah, a little bit. It will fucking blow your mind. Like, he just ripped the fucking hyena's face off. You know, and he was just joking a second ago and then just fucking ripped his face off. Um, that's how it was for me when I saw that. And I kind of got educated in that point where it's was like, wait a minute, not all anime is created equal. Like, all this shit, just because it looks cutesy or cartoony, doesn't mean it won't go hard, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. And that was a very eye-opening experience to me and really opened my eyes to being more accepting of a lot of other uh, aesthetics in uh, like Japanese art or mangas and anime and stuff like that. But that was the first time that I ventured outside of Dragon Ball because I was like a lot of those kids where it's like, all I got is Dragon Ball, bro, and I don't need nothing else. Like, why the fuck would I watch anything else? Unless you're Mexican and you listen, you watch Saint Seiya. <laughs> you're already uh, on that shit. Yeah. Right? yeah, Caballeros de Soliaco. If you watch that shit, you know what's up. But outside of that... <laughs> Outside of that, dude, nothing else, just Dragon Ball. And then from there, that was the first step. Then there was another uh, tape that was next to it. And I was like, all right, I'm getting a little risky. Let me try this movie called Blood. Do you remember Blood, The Last Vampire? Yeah, I, think it's called? I remember Blood, The Last Vampire. Yeah, so, that was some hard shit. So, dude, there's some parts in that movie that are so fucking sick. Because it's like, okay, again, again, this little girl, right? Why am I going to be interested in this shit? This is a little fucking girl, right? This is basically based around this vampire that this she looks like a little girl, but she's not, right? Right. Um, but she gets down, bro. I'm talking fucking Ginsu, these motherfuckers in the movie. And I it blew my fucking mind. I was like, whoa. I just came off of fucking Princess Mononoke. And I just watched Blood. Dude, is there like endless fucking movies like this? That I've never experienced. And then after that, dude, I was balls deep. I just wanted anything and anything that was, everything and anything that was like that. And it heightens, uh, your, it, it heightens your awareness of like the art form. Um, for a lot of people, it was Akira mm-hmm. and Vampire Hunter D. Oh, um, oh yeah. I mean, for me, it was always one. Dragon Ball. Oh, my and God. When I started getting more into things, like I started discovering Yu Yu Hakusho and stuff yeah. like that. I remember, I watched the Poltergeist report, and I was like, "Damn, this shit is fucking raw as fuck," you know. Yeah. And that was actually, a, you know, the first anime I showed my boys back home, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Yo, what the fuck? They can do that <laughs> shit? They can swear and shit like that?" And I was like, "Yeah, they can." And oh, oh, dude, and, and then I'm, I'm like, "Those dubs are crazy too." If you're watching dubbed, <laughs> <laughs> those dubs. Uh, I mean. You, they're doing the best with what they what they're given. A lot of times they don't have the right script and no translation, so they're just yeah. making shit up sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like that. Some of these movies is just like, okay, I can actually 
come out of my shell a little bit with these, you know? I can, mm-hmm. instead of showing them the Ranma and the Tenchi Muyo, which I was really into at the time, I can show them these super violent movies mm-hmm. that are things things I still enjoy, mm-hmm. but there's something for everybody there. Yeah. And when you're like, you know, 13, 14, and your friends are just like all horny and wanting to fight each other, you mm-hmm. know, that's kind of the best thing to like, you know, to kind of chill with. Yeah. Um, and I think I started going in the other direction around uh the my mid the middle of high school maybe like junior year mm-hmm. and i started going more towards things that weren't so violent i started going towards things that were more funny mm-hmm. and more cutesy and stuff like that just kind of heighten my you know just expand my horizons mm-hmm. and and then like i think it was uh it was slayers i found slayers and i was like that's it man like this shit's funny i like fantasy novel stuff so like it's yeah. got that to a t and it's got one of my favorite voice actresses in it. So I was, and at, at mm-hmm. that point, I had known I had known some of the actors, and so I was like, "Oh mm-hmm. shit!" You know? Wait, and like this, the Japanese actors? Yeah, the Japanese. Because this Damn. is around the time that like America Online was like kind of kicking in the high gear. So you can go on the internet and search this shit, and people. That's where I really found a lot of shit. Because you go on AOL, go into chat rooms and shit, and just start talking to people about Ranma, Tenji Muyo, Slayers, Dragon Ball was a big thing. Yeah, and. You just found this entire community of people that had all been through the same thing I had been through for the mo- for more or less. Yeah, and they were all just in there, not always getting along, but coexisting and all coming together with a common knowledge. And uh, it it was a great way for me to circumvent a lot of the anxiety I had mm-hmm. with liking this shit in public. You know. Uh, and then I found a clique in high school that was super all about it, and I was like, cool, that's my boys. Do you remember um, the, what I like to call the torchbearers of educating some of us who can't get our hands on a lot of this anime stuff? The people who posted stuff with real player on like geo sites oh, or yeah. whatever the fuck, Angle Fire, Angel Fire, these. Angle Fire, GeoCities. Do you, uh, tripod? Man, you guys, you youngsters do not remember what it was like to watch also poorly translated fucking uh, subtitles on oh, yeah, some of these things. Dude. Send away that shit in the mail. Oh, my God. Dude, and it was like um, these sites. I remember. Fuck, dude. If I could remember one of the names that I used to go to. Because uh, a little bit of background for me, in case you guys don't know. I've always been into the arts since I could fucking remember since I was a child. So I always looked at things from a, an aesthetic point of view. And uh, if they made sense to me in that sense, then I was all in, even if the fucking anime suck or comic book or whatever. Fuck. All I cared about were the pictures. So I used to go to a lot of these sites. And when you go into these sites, they would have music. Some of them. Right. Yep. And I remember, God, I don't know what tune it was. But it was badass, dude. It was it was like Saiyan Planet or some fucking shit like that. Like uh, there was one called Dragon Ball Ultimate Revolution. Do you remember any of the name of the sites? Dude, I remember like so the big the big lexicon uh-huh. anime turnpike. And everybody who wanted to know anything about anime and where to go, yeah. it was all collected at anime turnpike. It was this big ass network just linking all these fan sites oh, where you okay. get fan subs where you could read translations of manga in text form only scripts and stuff. Damn. Right? 
20 people max visited that shit. And they put all that effort. (laughs) That shit was humongous, man. Like... That oh, that was man. like the lifesaver for a lot of us. Like if your site was on Anime Turnpike, you yeah. definitely was getting hits. And they had they had fucking thousands of sites on that shit. And oh my god! I was just like, oh my god, dude, this is crazy. And that's what I and and I ha- I still hadn't seen a lot of Dragon Ball at that point. So of course, when I discovered it, the first thing I do is look for the Dragon Ball sites. That shit had its own page, like just Dragon Ball websites. Yeah. Um, and they would like post clips from the show as it was airing in Japan. So you were seeing like Gohan and Super Saiyan 2, like fucking Phil Cell. And it took like all day to download the clip. (laughs) Dude, I think one of the, one of the first clips that I ever downloaded was when um, Majin Vegeta blows a hole in the stadium. Remember that part? I remember that. Yeah. Well, the fan subs were ridiculous, dude. Cause it was like, I'm going to blow your fucking face off. And he was like, fuck you, bitch. Try me. <laughs> and, then, and then fucking Vegeta blows a hole. And well, I think go, I can't remember. It's been a while, but I think Goku either dodges it or whatever. And then they're both. Uh, he's like shocked that he just blew a fucking hole in the stadium and killed a shitload of fucking people. So and the way it, it happens is like, he just, he told them you got to fight me. And if you don't, I'm going to blow up everybody in the stadium. And Goku's like, nah, you ain't going to do it. And he did it. Yeah. Dude, I saw that shit and I was like, so it's it's funny because when you see people first get into Dragon Ball and shit like that, a lot of people have uh, similar stages of how they enjoy Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, where it's like uh, almost everybody at some certain point is a Majin Vegeta fan, right? It's like, oh, my God, that's peak Vegeta right there. <laughs> the edgelord. Yeah. Peak Vegeta. He's got the fucking M tattooed on his head. And it's like he's now back to being stupid fucking evil and uh he's got that onesie <laughs> so yeah right <laughs> the, one, <laughs> the fucking onesie was like dude he's so badass he said fuck all this armor even though everybody else didn't wear armor <laughs> and he was the only one <laughs> uh yeah dude i remember seeing shit like that on real player that's why i always I always make comments on twitter about like you guys don't know what's up if you guys never watch shit on real player <laughs> The real player shit, the MPEG twos. Oh my like god! That, that was how we came up. That's how that shit happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at this at, now at this point in my life, I was already who I was in high school, mm-hmm. and who I was at home was a totally different person. You know, like mm-hmm. I'd go online. I would, and this I've never told anyone this before, but I would go online and go into role play chat rooms, and I fucking role play. You know, just text form had a character and everything, and I was this little dumb shit. Thought I could be like an evil version of Vegeta, and when Majin Vegeta came out, I was like, "Cool, vindicated," you know. You know, I I remember that. I it didn't make any sense to me what the fuck you guys were doing. I remember there were sites where were like, "Oh, role playing game," and all I knew at the time was, "Oh, RPG." So where can I buy this fucking game? You are the game, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. You, you know, I no, thought I, I thought this was like something I could download and play it. You know, because that around the same time was our first got exposed to emulators. And uh, I was like, oh, I could just download it like I downloaded fucking Super Batoden or whatever, you know, like where, where, where's this game? Because <laughs> I know you remember this, but, no, totally, yeah. but people talked about a real fucking role playing game since PlayStation for fucking years that they're going to make it. It's going to come out and it didn't come out forever. 
Um, there were there were all sorts of stories like that. You know, there were stories about Dragon Ball games that were going to be done like like EverQuest and shit like that. They were yeah. talking about Dragon Ball games that were uh, ad- adventure 3D adventure games. In fact, oh. they even showed like I remember a long ass time ago there was a uh-huh. a tech video of Goku flying around on Nimbus. <laughs> and um, yep. It, it was, like at the time we were just like, holy shit! This Graphics were probably garbage. I mean, by today's standards, yes. But at the time, we had never seen something like that, and we were just like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god!" Like we were excited when they were showing us screenshots of Dragon Ball Final Bout, and <sighs> they fucking got one over us on 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 that because the screenshots they showed were like uh-huh. the, the dev shots where they could fuck with the camera and everything. So they're showing all these crazy ass angles mm-hmm. that make the game look super gigantic and like super yeah. expansive. And then you finally play the game, and you're just like, oh, it's just Butoden, except there's a 3D plane. And we still loved it, but I was kind of like, the screenshots I saw were like showing a picture of Kid Goku, like, 80 miles up in the air, about to fire a Kamehameha down at, like, GT trunks or some shit, right? And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do, like, some big-ass, what would now be seen as more of a Gundam-type game. Yeah. They're, like, able to, like, fly around an environment. And eventually, they ended up doing that anyway. But at the time, I was like, dude, this is... Like this is like cutting edge. This is the shit. This is exactly what I dreamed of, and I would go to bed at night, de- de- devising ways they could make it a super intricate fighting game. Where I'm like, you gotta, you have four buttons, and depending on the situation in the end, you gotta mm-hmm. hit the right button to block a certain attack, and then you gotta like hit them in rapid succession so you can have like one of those crazy exchanges they do in Dragon Ball, and you oh, can yeah, do it yeah. in real time. And in my head, I'm like, dude, that sounds awesome, but obviously in practice, that would be impossible. <laughs> um. I remember I knew a dude at school who had a copy of Dragon Ball uh, Final Belt. Um, uh, I don't know how to say, how to put it into words of how that like fucked with me for weeks, knowing that there's a dude at school that has Final Belt on them, you know? Yeah. And I, I was like, I kept telling my friend, hey, whatever it takes, let me let me fucking borrow it. He was like, you don't have a PlayStation that can borrow it or that can play it. And I was like, why? Again, a lot of education on shit that I did not understand. Right. They were like, you can't because it either has to be bootlegged or some shit or modded in it's some fucking way. Yeah. Or it has to be like from Japan or something like that. And I was like, fuck. And, you know, my parents at, uh, at the time would never let me go over this dude. So I don't know where the fuck you live. But I'm talking, dude. I would scheme, like, dude, where do you live? I'll fucking make. I'll get on my bike. I'll head over there. I just want to see it, man. I just want to fucking see it. Like, no, you know what shit that always killed me about that? It was like the dude you always, whenever you met the dude that had that shit, he was always super nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, I but then when they found out that you wanted it, they were like, nah, bro. Like, <laughs> get away from me. It was like, well, you don't even like this shit. Now, I, now I do. I do oh, now. My God. Like I remember in third grade. Uh, there was this cat named Wesley, and he would always tell me he had a Neo Geo home system, and he was playing King of the Monsters and uh-huh. Fatal Fury every fucking day. Uh-huh. And I was like, "All right." I, I mean, at, and at the time, I wasn't really super big, big into like Neo Geo stuff, yeah. but I was like, I read about that in magazines. I want to try it out. And uh, he would be like, "No, nah, you can't come over today." And I'm like, "Why the fuck tell me about this then? Why <laughs> every day?" Like, "Oh, my Neo Geo sick dog." But, uh, you know, if you want to come over, I'm like, let's do it right now. You live like three blocks away from the school. Like, nah. One day, finally lets me to come over. And I get why he didn't want me coming over because his family was kind of fucked up. We don't think about shit like that, though, when we're we're kids, you know? Because you just ask your friend, like, oh, can I come over? And they're like, yeah. But little do you know, they, one, 
Got to ask their parents. You can't just fucking mm-hmm. come over. Uh, two, depending on you, you got to ask your own parents. Uh, three, you don't know what the fuck their home environment's like. You know, I'll tell you this much, man. Their home environment was not the type that I would expect would own a Neo Geo home system because that shit was like six hundred bucks. And uh-huh. these guys didn't, at least on the surface, look like they had six hundred bucks to drop on a Neo Geo. So yeah. whatever they were into, they were definitely like they had a they had a cache of uh, hidden funds. Are you talking about drug dealers? Probably, yeah. Don't I've been, quote me on that. I've been there. I, I've been there. Um, I went to a friend because on, on our block, we're lucky to have a lot of people around the same age all grow up together, right? All very different. We're all very different. It was white, black, Asian, Hispanic. Everything was uh, on that block. Um, this particular family was white and they live on the corner. And uh, I don't know how the fuck the bills got paid there because nobody worked. But this kid had all the new shit, mm-hmm. like all the new shit. But God damn, was his house a fucking dump. It was a dump, dude. I'm talking like his mom didn't give a fuck because she had fucking Playgirl magazines thrown all over the fucking floor and uh, made ashtrays out of everything. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I know you can relate to this, but when you want to see something so bad, you will overlook all that bullshit. But, all right, bro, that's cool. Um, let's go to your room real quick. Yeah, let's check out fucking. Uh, at the time, I wanted to play Mega Man. Uh, the last Mega Man that got made on PlayStation, right? I was like, yeah, I, was like, I got this Mega Man game. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And then you're walking into the house. You see fucking uh, burnt out buds and like mm-hmm. his uncle fucking high as shit. I didn't know it at the time, but dude was strung the fuck out. He's like, yeah, let's go upstairs. We go upstairs and he starts playing. And, um, his uncle comes in, he starts smoking in there, and I'm like, damn, I definitely can't tell my parents about this shit. But uh let me get a good <laughs> let me get a good eyeful of this Mega Man game, and then I'll be on my way. Cause that's all I wanted to fucking check Dude, out. That that is exactly my next door neighbors from like age four to nine. They live uh-huh. right next right across the hallway from me. And they they was drug dealers. They had all the shit. They got the Sega's Genesis the moment it dropped, and they fucking rolled up in that shit with like 32 games one day. Like fucking everything, and I was like, I, had oh ne- I didn't know what Sega Genesis was at the time. I was like, oh shit! And like, um, I remember one day they had that shit down in the living room, and they had just got the first Sonic game. And I looked at that shit, I was like, oh my god, this is beautiful! What the fuck? And the music was just yeah. in- engraved in my brain. Oh my I was god. thinking about it at night, and so one day I go over there and I'm like, hey, like, is your Genesis out? Can I play it? And they're just like, oh, that's up in our parents' room. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh fuck, like, so can we get it down? And they're like, nah, man, just go up there and play it. So I'm like, sure, all right, yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's the kind of shit I can do at my house for sure. Yeah, well, I, I was super close with these guys. Like, we was like family and shit. So like, well, as much as family as we could be with these people. And so I just walked up in there, and there was nobody in the room. And I'm like, oh shit, I got this shit all to myself. <laughs> And I turn on the TV, I turn on the Sega, and I didn't know how high the volume was at the time, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden that Sega, Sega started coming out the speakers, and these people that were in the bed behind me jumped <gasps> like, oh, shit. Oh, and it wasn't God. even the parents. It was like these two random people under the blankets. Wow. They was all fucked up, like, fooling around under the blankets, didn't even know I walked in, man. Uh-huh. 
I was like, oh shit. And I got like maybe two minutes of that game before they were like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you still, you try, you're like, oh, well, act like this is normal. I'm just trying to get my fucking yeah. games in. They was like, what are you doing here? And they was like, I told them, like, Josh said I can come up here and play Sonic. <laughs> Josh said, though, guys. Fucking Josh said. Josh told me I could come up here. You get the fuck out. You don't live here. Oh, man. I used to roll up in that house all the fucking time. They had, like, all the Nintendo games and shit. And, like, they were way ahead of me on that. But they would still come over to my place because, and I didn't get it at the time. Because yeah. I was like, why y'all want to come over here? Like, yeah, we literally live, like, 30 seconds from each other. But yeah. you have more shit than I do. <laughs> why do you want to come over here and play my piddly collection of like not even good games i had like all the, the nintendo games that like you got because your parents didn't know what the fucking was hot and you couldn't tell them either maybe Did, once in a while you'd get a sick game i was and i knew the reason why they want to come over was because like shit was so fucked up over there oh yeah it was like hey at least we can play together and there ain't no furniture flying around you know yeah those are things that you just you really don't know as a kid right like no. You you want to go to your friend's house or whatever, and you think it's not a big deal. Or there's those few times it happened to me a lot actually, that my parents were like, no, you can't go over Gerald's house, and I was like, why, dude? He's my friend. How dare you? <laughs> How dare yeah, you? No. <laughs> look at him ne- in a negative way. And uh, Gerald was a black dude, and I always, uh, I always thought it was because my parents were racist. You know, I was like, oh, you guys are fucking racist. That's why you don't want me to go over Gerald's house. And they and, and then they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, you just can't go. We don't give a shit. You can't go over Gerald's house. Gerald, his mother, uh, she did some type of illegal work. Um, he was always outside. Had all the dope shit. We used to play. Um, we used to play outside, like all kinds of sports, football, hockey, everything, every fucking mm-hmm. sport you could possibly think of. And he always had everything and the best of everything. He had, uh, we played sock, uh, hockey outside and he would have hockey gloves, which why? Like the ones you use in ice, like you, you need them cause you're going into ice. You know, <laughs> he had that shit. He had top of the line sticks, uh, top of the line rollerblades, everything. He was always outside. And, uh, we always wonder what the fuck it was, but I mean, the older kids knew, but I didn't get it. And they were, <laughs> they would always joke. They'd be like, oh yeah, his mom's running a gangbang or some shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I try to pretend like I know what the fuck a gangbang is. What kind of gangbang? Yeah, I'm like, oh, cool. I have barely learning sex through what these guys talk about. And it's a horrible way to learn <laughs> those things. Because they were much older than me. And they just got a kick out of me being super young and telling me all this crazy shit. So they were like, yeah, it's because Gerald's mom's fucking running a gangbang or whatever. And she sells drugs. And that's why she has everything. They always clown them and shit, right? Then one day, about 12 police uh, cruisers or whatever the fuck show up to his house and they bust a shitload of fucking people, bro. They're, they're taking all kinds of evidence outside of the house and we never heard from Gerald ever again. Damn. And um, it was crazy. So that happened a few times. Not as crazy as that was because, you know, when you're growing up um, – there's only so many moments in your life because everything happens so fast. Like, like you're little, you're a little bit bigger then you hit your early teens. And then high school is like just completely fucking different, you know? So this was in a, in a time period where it was like from the age of nine to like 11, uh, where these things were happening. And, you know, once somebody breaks that barrier of innocence, it's never the same. So now you're completely different fucking person. 
after you get exposed to what actually happened. So, but um, oh, I, hold on a second. Can I go to the bathroom real quick. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, growing up uh, was very influential into why I believe we're at where we're at right now, and um, yeah. I always find it interesting in contrast to a lot of these younger kids uh, to where what it's like for them growing up with pretty much one the internet always being available and always being available at a pretty efficient capacity because i guess you could say that the internet's always been available in my lifetime but not in a super usable way outside of once i hit like nine or ten you know that's when i got exposed to it to very limited uh capabilities um but i always i always think about that man because you know we're getting older and um we're very different beasts than the new kids that are coming up in the new generation sure and um i don't know it's uh it's interesting uh doing this types of stuff because I, I know for sure a lot of people bring this up to you but uh you know we do a lot of video game stuff kof and stuff like that and Whenever we get some of these younger cats, um, I always find it interesting to what brings them to playing these kinds of games and being in the fighting game community and stuff like that. And I think that the reason I took you down this trip uh, through memory lane is because I think way more than me, a lot of people relate to your story and how you are. Um, And I think a lot of it is even subconscious. It's not something that you could just put your finger on it right away but you find that a lot of people are very comfortable with you uh because of you had that upbringing Mm -hmm. it's very relatable that whole not being able to be comfortable um being into the things that you were and people chastising you for it or maybe even parents or whatever it is and then we came into our own of um really not being afraid to show our likes and dislikes um, as we got older, you know? And I think you're always a really good example of that. And cause you know, you, you carry yourself that way. Like me, me personally, I'm, I've always been very closed off. It's just the way that I am. You know, I like to pay attention. I like to observe. I'm very much an observer and I always observe how other people are around me. Cause I want to learn from them. And the main thing that I learned from you is it's okay to find appreciation whatever it is that you like you know and um whatever it is that anybody else likes it doesn't mean even if you don't connect with it or whatever it doesn't mean they're like fucking stupid or they don't know what's good or anything like that mm-hmm. right um it's just different because in a lot of the things that we like even fighting games anime all that other shit so there's a ton of shit that we don't connect with X game or whatever. Like we're SNK fans. There's a fuckload of people don't even know what that, like a lot of those games are. No, I can't talk to people at work and be like, Hey, you seen this new King of Fighters shit? And like, they're still like, what? Like, there was like some dude telling me on Twitter about how his coworker was like shouting Joe quotes. And I'm like, how the fuck did you find a coworker that knows Joe Higashi? <laughs> <laughs> And he's not in the fighting game community? Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, you know what I think about guys like that is life must be rough for them because they don't have anybody to connect with. 
you know they're in the wrong communities 10 20 years ago yeah yeah like you you need to you need to look for people online man because uh yeah if if i don't know man it's it's weird too because um here's another uh conversation i want to have with you as well is um i definitely want to get into a little section for kof right we're big KOF fans. We've commentated together many, many times. And we're at a point in time right now where it's hurry up and wait for KOF 15, right? Yes. And right now there's a lot of speculation. There's there's People are so thirsty for some info that recently there's been um, posts or whatever of leaks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And it's really the perfect timing for people to really bite on this shit super fucking hard. Because there's nothing out there. Um, there's a desert, dude. So you and I were having this conversation about, like, what's really important for the next game and, and like, where it's, where KOF, the next KOF stands and what's important for it. And it's at a point right now, in my opinion, where I really think that SNK's back's is against the wall to prove something with this game. It wasn't there for Sam show because technically in my opinion, Sam show might as well be a whole new fucking IP. Uh, Cause a lot of people didn't really play that game back in the day. Oh yeah. That, that was definitely something that when they came out the gate, people were, I rec- they were like, they recognize it, you know? They were like, <laughs> okay, cool. I yeah, definitely yeah. saw this in the arcades. I might've owned a couple copies from uh-huh. the home system. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Most people didn't make it past two. Yeah. They played it at the pizza parlor and that's it. Um, but this shit is different, man. KOF, I think I told you before that I wonder if SNK wishes like, maybe we should have never fucking made 13, dude, <laughs> because the main issue that people always bring, and this is a, a more of a casual audience of people that, uh, make this comment, but it doesn't mean that their, their opinion is any, any less valuable because, you know, all of us pretty much contribute to the success of those games if the casual gamers weren't around probably wouldn't have any more fucking kof games to fucking play so they gotta make everybody happy so i always consider their opinions and think about um what gates gets a game sold and 100 percent the common the commentary around these games is make it look like 13 even even if they know it's it's present yes even if they know it's an ignorant ass fucking claim right like they're not going to though you know what i mean even if they know it was like just make it like 13 um or or the other one uh man if they had if they make it look like fucking arx's shit and it's like oh man those are immediate eye rolls right because you and i both know that's not gonna fucking happen oh my god i mean mean, you know me i want to believe i'm a i'm a super optimistic guy yeah i'm the kind of guy that wants to think that a miracle can happen mm-hmm. that these things will come together but uh, <laughs> are you a believer in that it was the shaders <laughs> that, <laughs> that they didn't get the shaders right like that's it so i saw some of the models that were retouched by fans i'm like hey that looks kind of good like the cool finger guns i was like that's a pretty good looking model yeah i don't even really believe that's a really a ko 14 model but apparently it is and i'm like mm. she had some work done yeah um but i, I, I want to believe that they can do it but if we're talking about in the time span that they got, yeah, and the, the direction that they've been going in since they basically restarted the franchise after fourteen, uh-huh. and with Samurai Showdown looking the way it does, I, I don't, 
I don't want to put money on it. How important, though, this is a discussion we had before. Um, what is, how much weight do you put on the visuals for this next KOF? Well, I know for a fact it has to look like the light year is better than 14. 14 was something that when it came out, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I wasn't really feeling it. I was happy they were dropping videos, but yeah. one of the first reactions I had was like, it's obviously just pre pre beta guys. It's not even out yet. Not even we don't even know when it's coming out. It's just mm-hmm. they're just showing us their process. This is like you know showing their work. Mm-hmm. And I had like again, I'm very optimistic. I had yeah. the high hopes that they would just turn it all around. And when the game came out, I was like, oh, well, also when the game came out, I was so exposed to the game that I was kind of used to the way it looked at that point. So mm-hmm. I couldn't be super disappointed that it looked the way that it did. Uh, but one of the hard things for me was watching everybody just shit all over it because it looked like crap. And I, you know, you don't have an answer for that. You don't really have an excuse. <clears throat> you know, people have their theories that they did a rush job, that they got guys that they didn't that didn't know what they were doing with a uh, 3D modeling. That uh, Sony was footing the bill, and Sony told them like, "Hey, get this shit out by now, like tomorrow." You know. Um, but at the end of the day, none of that mattered. None, none of it was going to entice people to play the game because mm-hmm. it, it costs money man it was a full price game and people were just like it doesn't look like it's a full price ps4 game and, it's a goddamn xbox arcade game and uh i mean the problem was that i was going for 13 to 14 like 13 um object objectively unless you have some very specific tastes on how you look at uh these aesthetics generally was a much better looking game, although kind of unfair comparison because it was a 2D game. It was a 2D game. A, a pixel, pixel game. Um, and as time, as we keep going further, further forward in time, we know that a lot of those games age way better than the 3D counterparts. Yeah, because 3D modeling and technology is constantly changing. You know, yeah. things are getting beefed up. There's better work being done on the models Mm -hmm. whereas with 2d games or 2d pixelated games it's like they get to bring together just like decades worth of art progress into that spectrum and make something amazing looking you know yeah and they were already doing it's unfair it's actually unfair (laughs) well it's it's like this too because snk was ahead of the curve on getting the most out of their system yeah uh i'm shocked as to what they were able to accomplish with that system. Like a lot of the Shamurai Showdown games, Garo, uh, Real Bout games, Art of Fighting, they look fucking way better than they should on uh, that hardware. Um, a lot of the games that were on Neo Geo were like, what the fuck, man? Like, well, how the fuck do they look this good? Um, and then you got to see pretty much a peak performance with that on KOF 13 um, from yeah. design to how they implemented it. And with the, uh, a stronger hardware, right? Which is something yeah. that I, I don't know about you, but I've always been like, I don't understand. Cause again, I come from a very ignorant standpoint of like, why can't this shit look like third strike or not even third strike? Why can't it look like Marvel's Capcom or alpha? Like how come shit don't look, doesn't look like that. You know, um, also being ignorant to not being exposed to like Last Blade and 
those uh, nicer looking games. Um, specifically, when we're talking about KOF games, I always thought, well, people like this game so much. How come it doesn't look as good as these, these other games? What's the deal? Obviously, there's a lot of explanations that you could say. Like, there's not enough RAM to for all these fucking characters. Blah, 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 blah. You could talk about whatever. But mm-hmm. it's the casual standpoint, right? The casual gamer standpoint. Why would a casual gamer buy this fucking game? It looks like shit, right? I don't care what your explanation is. It looks like shit. So I'm not going to buy it. 13 comes around and makes a believer in a lot of people, right? Gets a lot of good press. Not even 13. I take that back. 12 comes out. 12 caught a lot of heat, yeah. 12, prior to release, caught a lot of heat, won all kinds of awards, was blowing people's minds like, holy shit, this is the peak of pixel fucking art, whatever. It looks fucking phenomenal. You know, SNK already has a rich history in being able to accomplish a lot with uh, lesser hardware, blah, 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 right? And then you go into 13, we're talking about strictly aesthetics and shit looks great, blah, 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 do all this shit. And then you go from like peak performance to, and I'm strictly talking visually, to 14. The starting line. Yeah. And um, since then, I feel the company's made strides. Samurai Showdown looks pretty good. It's not the best looking game, but... um. They have their signature style as far as aesthetic aesthetics go, and uh, character in a lot of personality. It have, probably has more personality than a lot of the games out there. Um, but I feel like the leap from KOF fourteen to Samurai Showdown has to be even greater. Um, Samurai Showdown level is not going to be enough. No, it's not. If if yeah. KOF fifteen is just the samurai showdown look for kof i think i I think it'll pass in the sense that like okay it's at least consistent Uh it isn't ugly Uh but i at the same time i don't think it's right for kof i don't think that look and i'm not just talking about because samurai Showdown has a very you know traditionally japanese aesthetic you know they Uh they did that on purpose i don't think they'll include that but just the way that they built those models and colored them Uh i don't think that's right for kof and it's not just because K Love Thirteen looks so good; mm-hmm. it's just because like that's what everybody remembers about KOF. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not gonna really remember games like '98 and 2002 and '11, and they remember '14 only because it was the most recent game, and it's not even a good memory. '13 mm-hmm. is the—I wouldn't even say the peak of what they can accomplish. I think they can go further. It's just the only way they're going to be able to sell that game on looks alone. Uh, well, you know, I just always have this argument that, I mean, I'm a good example of this. I only jumped on 12 and 13 because of how it looked. 100%. 100%. I only gave those games a chance because I thought they looked fucking awesome. And it made me feel a certain way when I saw shit on YouTube or videos. You know, again, I come from a very... Uh, I've always I've been an artist since I was a child, you know, mm-hmm. and I have a very fine-tuned uh, visual palette. Um, and if it doesn't check off certain things off the list, then I I won't fucking look at it, look in that direction. KOF twelve and thirteen, because of those games existing for me, allowed me to appreciate that visually, and then go back and appreciate the games uh as the way that they're played yeah Yeah. 
Like I don't I don't look at those games anymore. I was like, oh, they're ugly. I as a matter of fact, especially as as my palette as an artist has grown even more, I look at them completely different. Where it was like, look at the type of shit that they accomplished with such limited uh, pixelation or pi- mm-hmm. uh, pixel quality. Like there's just so much in that game that gives it so much personality. You can say the same thing about KOF 14, despite it not being the highest fidelity or whatever. Um, it has a lot of character and personality. Um, but, uh, I think in order to have real growth, you're going to have to really push the envelope on the visuals. And, um, there's going to be another big departure with a community with people that like it because of his vision. If it is visually effective, uh, with his visuals and how it plays. Cause I don't know, dude, I don't have a clue as to how this game's going to play. This could be a, a, a big departure well, from we, we, we're what we in an era where a lot of games are a, a big departure strive. We just had strive. strive happen. was like the biggest example of that. I think, you know, where people are literally just like, I don't know if this is my guilty gear. There's, the Gatling system's chopped up. Yeah. Um, the air dashes suck. You know, like people have a lot of opinions on it, but they unequivocally agree that it looks beautiful. It is beautiful. And this is why I felt that I was getting similar feelings to like 13, right? Where it's like, I feel like a lot of the new players that come because of Strive, like people that never played Guilty Gear before or maybe dabbled and then got into this game and they love it, they might have a similar reaction of like, but y'all ain't playing the real Guilty Gear, though. Oh, shit. Fuck that. <laughs> You're not playing the real gear. Just like, you guys aren't playing a real Kill F game, though. So, you, you remember that when 13 dropped and, like, we had that little contingency of people saying, like, yo, this ain't my KOF. This mm-hmm. game is not... I, I forget what the the sightings were, mm-hmm. but it was something like, oh, yeah, the buttons aren't good enough. And to their credit, they were kind of right because buttons kind of do suck in that game. They do. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it was like, dude, like, how can you tell me that this is not your ko up does it matter does it like why is that an argument my 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 argument always been is like personally it doesn't matter if the game was good or not and that's that's a hot take i guess Um, that is a super hot take because people especially in our community are mm -hmm. going to be so reluctant to admit that people are going to say that gameplay matters over aesthetic because we exist in a community of people that do not want to be seen as shallow and you know actually just, just shallow they they want to be seen as people that can appreciate a game for what it is despite how it looks yeah and time after time that is proven false think about it this way how small was the club of people that were playing kof here in the states uh i please do not bring up to do not bring up china to me because i'm not talking about them I'm talking about here in the U.S. I'm not talking about Mexico. I'm talking about here. Like, how small of a community was that? That it was so fucking niche. And then a game like 13 comes along and puts that shit on the map, regardless of what you want to fucking say. If you think the gameplay is good or not or whatever. Even if you think the visuals are shit. To me, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that it put KOF on the map. And the, to me, there is no way you could fucking deny that shit. Yeah, and there, no way. I think I, I think people are going to always agree that thirteen and twelve uh, brought KOF to a massive group of people that may have even heard of it before, mm-hmm. but it never really sat down and spent the time with the IP. They don't even talk about 
past KOS when they were talking when 12 was coming out. You know what they mentioned when 12 came out? They were like, hey, these are the guys that made Metal Slug. You know, shit like <laughs> shit like that. Because that's like, you know, uh, that's the measuring stick. Because a lot of people, especially in the games industry, are like, oh, KOF, I kind of get, but do you know Metal Slug? Oh, fuck yeah. Fucking Metal Slug was a shit. I mean, Metal Slug definitely did some work in arcades, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what I wanted to say was, um, to me, I look at the greater good for the community, right? And a KOF game being huge is very important. And I don't think you should do anything to try to uh, like bring it down, you know, because I'm a good example of what happens when you keep those community members around, because what happens is um, those people eventually go back to try the older games, right? They, yeah. they, they want to ingratiate themselves into the community. Oh, let me try this shit. You know, people say that 98's a classic. Oh, two's great too. Let me see what that's like. You know, and we know that KOF is there's so many KOFs that are so much fun, dude. Like, just gameplay wise, fucking KOF's awesome. I love that fucking game. I I love I can't tell you um a game that I'm not willing to play that's a KOF game. Maybe I just cause I don't like the 3D fucking games, but pretty much i'll play whatever they're all interesting to me in some way shape or form competitive i don't give a shit at this point i'm just saying fun you know and um i give up the same props to 14 14 did a lot of shit that 13 was not able to do definitely 13's lobby system and the online community dude uh, it's not my favorite kof but you will never find me dragging that fucking game because that game alone has done so much to grow the community more so than 13 like 13 brought people but in my it opinion keep them. Couldn't yeah keep it couldn't keep them yeah exactly 13 couldn't keep them it, w- it was very much a moment in time right where 14 i've seen a lot of people stay with it and then revert back to playing older games and just try all kinds of shit it was able to successfully do that in a way that 13 or any other game prior to that has been able to achieve right I mean, you look at like 13 and like one of the biggest hurdles that we had to deal with is the lobby system, which didn't even exist in 13. We only we had a, a peer-to-peer connection. Oh, my God, yeah. And I, I spent like a good couple of days trying to figure out how I could add more people to the lobby because we're coming from KLF 12, that shitty online, but at least they had lobbies, right? Robust <laughs> lobbies, dude. Robust. They had a fucking clan system. What the hell? I didn't even know anybody wanted that until they announced it, and everybody's like, yo, my clan's about to be the sickest in KOF 12. I'm Man. Like, All right, yeah, let's do it. And they, I mean, it, it was what it was. You know, you couldn't yeah. make that game better than what it already was because of reasons. We already know that story. But when yeah. 13 came out, it just kind of felt like, oh, my God, like, all right, here we go, guys. This is going to be it. People are playing offline. They're digging the look. They're digging the speed of the game. Everything works for this game. Yeah. Except for the fact that people can't play it all the time. <clears throat> so to do a little mini segue from that is, once again, we're in the year 2020. Uh, it is recording this on April 22nd. Um how much has things changed as far as how effective, not just online, just the online component, um, lobbies and shit? How far have we come? 
for KOS specifically. No, 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 no. All games. All fighting games. It's hard to say, man, because I think for a lot of games, they've definitely embraced the the future in that sense, you know? They've hit the marks like they need open, they need lobbies, they need spectators, they need uh, ways to record replays, they need to have an online community that's yeah. supported for that, right? And then there's some games that just don't. They just don't do it. Um, if we're ignoring those games that don't do it, I think we've become we've come like years away from where we started with online fighting games. Um, Back from the days where you had to go through GGPO to get like you know that kind of experience. Now we have like companies that are embracing it. They're not doing it perfectly, honestly, mm-hmm. um, but at least the the apparatus is there. Now, if we're talking about netcode and connection, well, we haven't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. There are still people fighting to hold on to the, uh, I wouldn't even say the old way of doing things. It's their way. Yeah. The way that works for them and not necessarily the consumers. And I say consumers because there's probably a contingency of consumers that think it's fine because they live in a country that that, that you know infrastructure works fine. But by and large, that infrastructure does not work everywhere else, and these companies still ignore those other markets, even though those are probably the markets that are producing the most re- return. Uh, I personally think that uh, lobbies that only kind of got further, right? And I guess it's kind of unfair to separate them because they both kind of go hand in hand, where mm-hmm. maybe you could excuse a lobby more if the connection or the netcode itself is better. But like I look at a big step back and it's been a lot of Arxis games that have taken a step back. Like um Dragon Ball was terrible when that shit oh, came God, out. I, I mean that's not an Arxis property, but still um they definitely worked on it. It definitely had their stamp stamp on it because I mean that's an Arxis lobby. Yeah. And then um Strive was just what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Because dude, they tried to simplify the, the the problem. Oh my god! And they had they they had got yeah. You ever like work so hard on something for a long ass time that yeah. you can't go back to the simple part? You actually can't go backwards because you've been putting so much thought into making this like the coolest thing ever that you can't break it back down to a basic level. It's it's just so jarring because it's like who's this for? Like those models. When has anybody in the community been into like, sure, we like pixelated shit or whatever, but that shit is just weird. Like, it, it I, I don't know, like, who that's supposed to appeal to. Everything looks so fucking generic, and it looks like, um, you remember back in the day, they used to make, like, Shockwave used to have games and stuff? Oh, God, yeah. They were like Shockwave <laughs> games. Like, these old fucking, uh shitty online games that where the graphics were kind of shitty and it was it kind of looked like that like you play a bunch of games that were like pc type games that look like that right bro I, when i first saw this shit i was like yo did they just straight rip terrence and philip from south park yes. you know those stick figure characters from the fucking canadian comedy i was like what the fuck? it's fucking weird that that execution of that lobby was like what the fuck it's kind of like when the ui came out too the first edition of the ui it's like is this fucking for real i couldn't believe it i saw um 
screen captures of the lobby system. I was like, somebody's fucking around. I, I didn't even think well, twice. I it was April Fool's because it came out April 1st, I think, right? Yeah, dude, I, I did not believe it. Um, I'll be honest, dude, like sidebar, I only spent like 15 minutes with the beta because I could not connect for more than five seconds. <laughs> oh, uh, very common for uh, Arxis lobbies. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, the whole experience is very jarring. However, yes, again, I would say the game looks amazing. Um, it's it is different. It is very different. Um, you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of us. Uh, may may not be a good comparison, but I think you get what I mean. Is it reminds me of KOF twelve? Be because um, how big the models are. Yeah. Uh, super zoomed in. You you feel like how these big as fuck characters, um, uh, a very like art art of fighting type shit. Of uh, KOF twelve was probably the most recent one that did shit like that. Yeah, um, but they still had the zoom out mechanic in the game too. But this shit was like whoa, everything's like much bigger. Um, everything looks gorgeous in my opinion. I honestly thought I was not gonna like it when I saw it visually. Uh, like in trailers and stuff. But when I started playing, I was like, "Whoa, dude, uh, this is pretty great." Um, but yeah, I could definitely see why this game is causing a divide in the beta. And it's funny because you see a lot of people conversate about the beta, like, "Oh, guys, relax, it's the fucking beta." Um, uh, I man, I I feel like people forget how game companies operate. Usually, the beta. Rarely has it ever been, oh, the beta came out. Guys, don't judge a game by its beta. And it'd be drastically fucking different from when it releases. Because why would you do that? You have an idea. You have an execution plan. Why would you completely alter it after you've already shown it off? Have you ever seen that before? Like, it's just taking, like, a complete 180. And it's awesome now, guys, on release. Fuck yeah. I can only think of early stages of Street Fighter 4. Or mm. it just like dog shit. Oh, that did take a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like, it's like that was beta, them, that bro. was them literally. It's, it's that like was alpha. literally that was Capcom jumping into a new spectrum. That was basically their Final Fantasy VII. You know, there's like, oh hey, a 2.5D Street Fighter game that's not a EX. And that, which is made by Capcom. And if you hear some of the conversations they had about like how they made the tech and stuff, and talking about like, yeah, we couldn't do stretchy shit and we could never do a game like Darkstalkers because it's impossible to model all that stuff. And then years later, you have those exact things that they couldn't necessarily do. It's totally possible. Yeah. I mean, Arxis does it all the fucking time, but that's fucking Arxis now. Here's the thing, though, man. I don't think it's exclusively Arxis. I think other companies can do it, but I almost feel like they're afraid to or they're thinking, like, if we do this, we're going to be seen as following a trend and not pushing the industry forward and i feel like when you're making a fighting game mm -hmm. a lot of people want to be seen as pushing the industry forward if you look at the, like the top games out right now like tekken 7 for instance yeah like, definitely pushing that little subgenre of fighting games forward any other 3d fighter that comes out now has to at least yeah if, if they if they want to do it right they gotta adhere to some of that i don't know man like if history says anything about these scenarios is that a lot of these developers um there's a lot of pride involved here that's, that's exactly what i'm talking about 
is that they don't want to be seen as completely aping the the competitor because they are competitors. Don't get me wrong. Like there's this whole trial out law mentality right now where everybody's sharing characters and people are you know vibing together and there's this big homogenous fighting game developer community that's happening somewhere in Japan and it's all business baby it's not what you think it is people hang out they may know each other they may compliment each other's games but they are not sharing tech like that or you know maybe it's just not up to the people that are making the games maybe it's like some other big head honcho that's I mean, Make, either way, it's the same mentality, wouldn't it be? Um. Well, no, not necessarily because I. Here's the thing: this the fighting game genre is kind of it's kind of old now, and but there's not a lot of new blood. It's the same fucking people making these games over and over and over again. They're just in different companies now. Um. So, I think a lot of these guys have a lot of ideas, but uh, since it's so niche and the capability of making so much money. Um, it, it just feels like everybody, everybody has an idea and everybody thinks it's a great idea. Right. Yeah. Like this is why I brought up lobbies too. Is cause like, just think about how kill at 14, pretty good lobby system. I think pretty fucking solid. Did a, mm-hmm. did a pretty good job on that. Then you go into samurai showdown. What oh, the fuck God was that? Damn, <laughs> what the fuck? You guys had a win winning formula. And then what the fuck? That it's cool though. Like it had like cool aesthetics to it. Like, oh, I get it. You know, like uh, they're going with the whole point system shit and team thing. Yeah. Yeah, the kendo shit. And you're like, cool. Aesthetically, that's cool. But how in the fuck do you not have the same options available for um for the lobby that 14 had? And how do you not have the same functionality? Like, dude, it worked. Why would you change it? The way the, it not working, I feel, was a mechanical issue because code, I don't know nothing about coding to that degree. So there could have been literally just been like, we literally thought we were copy and pasting that shit and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know the difference. But just the the general mechanics of the lobby system, the fact that you can only want, run one match at a time and there's not a bunch yeah. of other ones laying around, it, it felt like that was a step back for me. Yeah. And for us who stream a lot of KOF stuff that invite big groups in, mm-hmm. you definitely would prefer an option for that. Like if 14 literally had an option, like do you want one slot for matches and, yeah. you know, eight people can get in the, in the uh, waiting area, uh-huh. then yeah, that works for that. But overall, like why would you limit the system like that? Why would anybody want to have to go searching for room after room after room just to find a place to play, you know? It felt like they were not even solving a problem there. There was no problem there. The, the problem that was there was that you couldn't make people go stay in that area, stay in that one slot. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that's that that was a weird problem. And uh that's something that we were hoping would get improved upon, not completely dismantled into, yeah. <laughs> into something completely different. Cause I totally thought I was like, man, if they could fix that problem. Oh man, we'd be off to the races. Like, cause I, I really thought that it was just going to be some plug and play shit. Like, cool. It's probably going to have the same lobby system that, uh, kill 14 has. Cause it worked well and no. So and that could have been their stable. I mean, really all they had to do was fix that one issue for the people. Like they could call it streamer mode where you just have one, one lobby room and mm-hmm. there's 12 slots. 
And then everything else they add to it could have been cosmetic. You know, make the, the lobby look a little less dead. Because, I mean, the colors and everything is just, it was really basic. Yeah. All they had to do was really just make it look prettier. And they did make it look prettier in Samurai Showdown. But then they just forgot everything else. And so I just feel like sometimes these developers, the teams are, I mean, people are changing teams. We just mentioned that, right? Yeah. So maybe somebody's idea goes with them when they leave. Or maybe someone doesn't want to do exactly what somebody else in the office over did because they want to have their own stamp. They want to have their own persona well, in, inserted into the game. It's probably that. And I a hundred percent understand that as an artist, I get, I definitely get that. Um, but above everything else, it, if it's, it's, a, it's a game first and foremost. So mm-hmm. it needs to be able to function correctly. Yeah. You know, like you have a concept or whatever, that's great. But functionality is more important than anything. And it's so crazy. Every other genre has gotten away with kind of very basic, rudimentary online features that just work, you know, because their games adhere to the shit like that. But fighting games community or fighting games has just been like, they're the trying. <laughs> I, I mean, like, we're obviously comparing it to the things like FPSs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those games are built for online. Like, those games are not built to be played. Even you can land party those if you want to, but they're basically meant to be played online. And so they definitely build games around that. While Whereas fighting games, like you said, they're trying, but they're, they have to take care of two issues. They got to take care of the offline stuff where everybody's going to be in training mode and playing tournaments in person and whatnot. Uh-huh. And then they got to make the online experience palpable. And we're we're kind of in this area now where we're just like we we want lobbies, but we also want netcode to be good. So that's three problems now. Uh, in my opinion, that's a lot. Uh, I'm gonna let you close out your thoughts on what you think uh, 15 is gonna be like. But in my opinion, um, ah, oh, the bar's too high it's going to land somewhere from, you know, visually at least, um, marginally better. It's going to look better, but I don't think it's going to be what people at least voc- are vocalizing on Twitter for it to look like, you know? Oh, um, yeah. And then I have zero expectations of the game mechanics. I have no fucking clue. Um, as long as hey, they don't take like away... Middle school. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they don't take away... Um, like any of the jump mechanics, it's KOF game. I'll fucking try it out and I'll, I'll see if I enjoy it or not, whatever. But mm. yeah, I don't, I personally don't have a lot of high expectations. I'm going to play it. Um, hopefully I enjoy it. Um, more than anything though. Uh, well, I'll get to that right after this. Uh, but, but yeah, basically KOF 15, my hopes are not extremely high. Um, I'm excited for, potentially good net code and a good lobby system. That's what I'm excited for. If you're asking me, what are you excited for? 15 potentially good net code and a good lobby system. If it looks marginally better, I'll fucking take it. As long as you give me that, that's all I care. What about you? Uh, I'm excited for the same reasons you are. I want to see good net code. I'm still holding out hope that the visuals are a massive improvement from 14, even an improvement from Samurai Showdown. Uh-huh. I have no reason to believe that why they wouldn't be. Um, and I also don't think they will change 
the basic mechanics of the game that much. So I'm excited to play another KOF game. As far as my how my my hopes for how it will do and how the whole package will fare, um, I actually I await. I, I am being cautious about it. I don't think that we are in for another uh, g- another generation of disappointment. But at the same time, I don't think I don't I don't sit here and expect them to knock it out of the park. Yeah, I think that this is still a a newish venture for them because they are you know remember they were I think the last people to go 2.5D. I think they were the last team to do that. Yeah. So I still think there could be some growing pains that we uh, we see there. What, um, what's the main thing you want though? What do you the want? The main thing I want from it bombastic i want this game to be so explosive that oh. when people look at it they're just like holy shit you know i want like big impacts i want big noises i want gigantic uh impact flashes i want everything to be super extra just like it was in four in 13 well i feel like they were trying to do that in 14 too it just didn't come across it, it, it didn't it didn't make it because the visuals of the models just didn't really like you know, it, it didn't complement it at all. You know, like you saw in the update with 2.0, they added a couple camera tricks to it to really oh, yeah, sell right. a lot of the visceral effect of it. And now I just want them to be like, yo, 100% visceral assault. I want people, even if it doesn't look as pretty as 13, I want them to be like, this is some of the best uh, visual uh, work. You want visual assault? Dude, you, we're definitely going to be playing Stripe. Cause that shit is assaulting yeah. your that's fucking eyes. I mean. That's what I mean, man. I want them to fucking like counter that. hit takes the whole fucking screen. Maybe not like that. No, please don't do that. I don't mind. I don't mind. I actually, uh, by the end of the bit, I kind of had my own appreciation for it, but, uh, that, that shit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm down. That sounds great. The, the way you're describing it. I never thought about that in my head, but yeah, super bombastic, uh, visuals uh, to really sell that shit i mean honestly if they haven't had if they haven't upped their level of mastery with like the models and stuff i mean that's definitely an aspect that they could implement that would really sell this shit so yeah Yeah, one all right so i'll tell you before i finish off that one of the biggest things that sold me on 12 Mm. was critical counter not necessarily the system the visual when you hand it, when you when you landed that shit, yeah. like, everybody felt it. It was just like you blew out the speakers, the camera zoomed in and started shaking. Yeah. And I was like, that is easily one of the best visual effects in fighting games ever. Oh yeah, dude. You knew something popped off. You're like, oh yeah. shit, something just fucking happened. Exactly. And I think everybody has been maybe not trying to emulate that, but that definitely put people on notice. Shit. Like, Yo, you can't just have a fighting game be a fighting game. You got to have some John Woo shit. In there. Get, give credit where credit's due. Sam Show was pretty good at doing that, actually. Sam Show was really good at doing that. You know, like a lot of their visual effects, the camera tricks were definitely top notch. He sends uh, oh, the yeah. super dupers. Um, those are pretty sick. It, just the little sound effects that they always do. It's like, uh, I don't, I can't even imitate it. But when you do the super special move, um, oh yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's fucking dope. Like a lot of uh, characters, super specials look pretty fucking sick in that game. Yeah, um, and, and, and I think I think SNK can nail that because in fourteen, 
Yeah. The Supers, like, in practice look good. Maybe not the models necessarily, but the way that they directed and choreographed the movements, amazing. You know? I'll never talk shit about how KOF 14 Supers look. Wow, wow, wow. Here's the thing. It's like, do fucking Climax with Andy and it just cut. It's so jarring seeing that model up close. Because it's that face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but imagine if that face yeah. looked good. You'd be like, oh, baby, it's gravy. Uh, yeah, you know? man. Well. Well, everybody except for Kim. His his Climax looked weird as fuck because the damn leg <laughs> physics. Holy shit. What were they thinking? <laughs> Dislocated his hip for an axe kick. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess uh, for that, uh, this ends that section of Fatal Showdown, the unofficial <laughs> section of Fatal Showdown on the Meta A podcast. We're back, baby. We had to talk about it somewhere. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, man, um, I'm still in general very hopeful. Oh shit! Uh, hit a few things out of the way before uh, we start trying to close this out from turning this into a three-hour-long podcast because we could go forever. We could. Uh, <laughs> There's outside of fighting games. Um, you just finished Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Oh, no, I don't want to ruin anything for you, man. I don't. I don't believe you. Right. Be, be, oh, because God. because the main reason is because we are going to do a podcast with a full blown spoiler review with myself, Gibby Manchester, and you. I'm just warning you right now. Like yeah. I'm going to be talking about a lot of shit on that. Oh, that's fine, man. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to be pulling all sorts of shit out. Um, I re- I'm really interested in your perspective on it, seeing as, uh, again, you are a person that's definitely dug into the fandom of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a perspective that I looked at it from a very aesthetic point of view, and the- I really like the designs of Seven. They really captured me as a young boy, but the game itself... Not really. I thought it looked like shit when I first saw it. <laughs> uh, no, nothing. Commi- uh, it was weird. It's like, what is this called? Oh, they called it super deformed. And I'm like, huh? Or basically they couldn't create models that look like that. So they fucking characterized it this way. Oh, I wish you would have described it to me in that way. But OK. Um, yeah, I thought I, I, I couldn't get over how much it looked like. Shit. I told you how much of a visual whore I am. Yeah, like, yeah. I just I, I couldn't get into it. Um. But, hey, man, at least I didn't start with Final Fantasy X. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. That's the visual. That, that's for the visual horror right there. I hate that game. <laughs> not, not my number one, definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited to talk about that. Um, Gibby obviously has played, like, every fucking game because he's a billion years old. And nice. I don't think I could get through a podcast with me and just Gibby talking about that shit. I need somebody. Well, he's just going to start talking about Dragon Quest. Uh, I mean that's cool, but you know we don't none of, since none of us have like super fandom over it. Um, Gibby only gets so Gibby's base level of excitement is like pretty low, right? But for Dragon Quest, he gets moderately more <laughs> excited. It's about Dragon Ball, like that's literally his Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to do that. Um. I think the game comes from me either tomorrow or Friday. And me personally, I'm going to be grinding it out. Hopefully Gibby does. And he stops playing Animal Crossing for a bit, even though he he tries to act like he doesn't play the shit out of that game. And he was like, yeah, I play like an hour every day or whatever. And I'm like, sure, bro. 
He's on that shit, bro. I don't. I don't. I, don't... I, I, I will only tell you this about Seven. It's not hmm. a spoiler. I'm just gonna say, don't do any of the side quests. They don't mean shit. Okay. Yeah, I I did. Don't really plan to just because, um, I don't want to spend more time than I have to playing the game. I want to go through the main shit, and then get it over with, and uh, get the main experience done, and then I I you know I could always revisit all that other stuff later. Yeah. Um, but I really want to do that. Uh, review podcast um, i'm really looking forward to it and i'm really looking forward to your opinion on it i can't wait to play it and form an opinion about it i've kind of seen a lot of people's opinion about the game on twitter even though i've been muting a lot of people because i don't want to hear about it but the, the same damn thing actually <laughs> the general consensus is that it's good and then some people I don't even want to bring up this conversation because I know you're going to want to talk about it. But people are split on a lot of the mechanics of the game, uh, the battle systems, and uh, the story. I think most people who are new to it or have re-experienced it have, are like, love it as well. I don't know. I just say it's mostly positive. Uh, the game looks great. Can't wait to try it. Yeah. And look forward for that, folks, because it's going to be a doozy. We could potentially have another two-hour-long-plus I might have to break down that podcast into sections. <laughs> yeah, because that's just too much, man. I can't be editing that much fucking time. I'm one man. Hey, dude, dude, no, this is your job now. This is what we do. We edit hours of footage. Uh, dude. Uh, I learned a lot, though. I'm not going to lie. The editing that I had to do for the last one, I was like, oh, it's cool, man. I really enjoy doing a lot of these videos now. It's like... um. Uh, it's like a newfound fucking hobby. Like, it's I've really taken to it. I I just want to learn as much as I fucking can. It's like I always want to introduce something new every every podcast if I can. Uh, it's just the the main thing is is making videos is time consuming in a different way than oh, yeah. you know art like art that I'm making and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It is something that I feel I can consistently do and put out a good product, which with art takes a lot longer time uh, to cultivate stuff like that. But with this, it's something that I feel like I can consistently create and do it at a decent level, you know. So I'm really excited to continue to do stuff like this. Um, I want to do stuff with the KOF 14 lobby stuff that I've been doing. And I have one more other plan that I'm trying to get off the ground. And it does still have to do with a lot of the KOF 14 players. But I got to see. I got to ingratiate myself into the community and play more of these guys. Man, uh, you are my my road dog as Yipes would coin it, man. Like, I think you're already there. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Um, we're, we're a tandem. We're a tandem bicycle. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, I, I'm just I'm just excited, dude. Like, I really like doing all this stuff. I I, I I really enjoyed this conversation that we had and um, this format to me is most exciting. Just being able to have a conversation with you, have a conversation with Gibby and the future guests to get to know you better because we're always talking about um, fighting games or something like that. But I, I really like how we dug a bit deeper into like what makes you, you, how you were growing up and, uh, why I believe that I find you very relatable to a lot of the people in our community and why so many people I think like you. Um, I've always said that, you know, podcasts and just 
being able to speak to somebody in general uh-huh. is a much stronger way to eliminate misunderstandings because you know a lot of people communicate via social media now and yeah. there's a ton of nuance that's left out because of that or missed entirely <sighs> and, and that's that's definitely why i steer clear a lot yeah you steer clear of a lot of shit because people can misinterpret everything you say when it's in text form you know yeah and like there's been times where like you and i communicate and we don't quite get it because it's in text and then <laughs> we have to we spend hours explaining it to each other and then we get it but we have that understanding and we have that that medium to do that in our discord channel yeah whereas people are on twitter just yelling at each other about shit all the time and it's just like man imagine if these two people met it would probably go a little bit differently yeah yeah i i agree man and uh i look forward to doing more of these look forward to having you on as many times as i can same with gibby and uh all the other guests um yeah it's been a joy uh i wish we had infinite amount of time to record more of this podcast but it's getting late (laughs) and i we've knocked out quite a bit of time um but anything else that you're working on that you want people to check out uh or maybe want to talk about uh in these last few moments um i'm all ears and i'm really interested in uh what you're trying to do i mean what you got so since the the quarantine came in place like Mm -hmm. i thought i would just have all this time to do stuff but i've been working like on real life shit like uh, i've been trying to get my comp to a plus certification at least Mm -hmm. the first part so i can be like it certified yeah uh and i just finished playing final fantasy 7 remake as you know so hell yeah you definitely put a shitload of time into that oh my god dude like i went back to 14 years old like my family didn't even see me for like four days that's cool um and i've been playing a ton of milty blood (laughs) i saw i saw that it's fucking good dude yeah it's good dude yeah. Um, but as far as things I'm working on, I mean, I think I want to do a podcast also, but mm-hmm. more so centering on other topics that I'm interested in. Like, I'll probably have fighting game related stuff in there, but I more want to talk about things like heavy metal music. I yeah. want to talk about anime. I want to talk about uh, food, beer, <coughs> you know? Oh, nice. I used, to, I used to have this one idea mm-hmm. where I would just take a video camera or like a, like my phone, put it on the gimbal and just go to bars wherever I was at. Usually in San Francisco. Obviously. Oh, well, are you and trying to break people's hearts right now? Cause that looks like quite a, a dream yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> a little far away. A little bit, but I think uh, when it, when, when we get out of this, I'll be able to do it again. I would just go there and like just sample the local, the local brew. Hmm. Not not like the big name, not like PBR or shit like that. But I would yeah. just sample like, what do you got on tap that I can't get anywhere else, or at least not many places anywhere else. And yeah. then I would like you know review the bar to have like you know little interactions with people that were willing to have interviews and shit. And it would yeah. always be super uncut, obviously. But this bar is trash. <laughs> this bar is trash. What do you got to say about it? You know, like I just <laughs> I've always wanted to do stuff like that because I am someone who doesn't spend all his time at home if I can't. Like if it's a weekend and my boys want to go out, yeah. I'm going to go out. And I kind of want to share some of that experience with people. Cause a lot of people ask me, why are you always at a bar? You could be at home streaming. You could be at home making YouTube videos. Hmm. And I'm also like, I don't think I'm that kind of guy, you know, or at least not in the way that everybody else does it. Yeah. I think I'm the kind of guy that likes to see other people having a good time and sort of just enjoy 
the atmosphere. And I think that's a good reason. That's another reason why I go to tournaments is because not really to compete or even to commentate to a certain extent, but like I kind of just like seeing people. Well, I mean, as a dude that uh, frequents going to shows, I mean, that vibe is just, you can't get it anywhere else. I mean, dude, it's cranked. I mean, I, I used to go to uh, hip hop concerts like constantly in my late teens or early 20s. And ain't nothing like it. Like I could, nope. we could try to stream and enjoy ourselves some good music, but it's not gonna be anything like that, you mm. know. And uh, you, you know me, um, I guess I kind of got over it. It's not that big of a deal, mostly because I don't want to deal with that crowd anymore. I don't, I don't have the patience of dealing with uh, the now youngsters that go to this shit. That were basically how I was. That were obnoxious and just fucking having a good time and don't give a shit about anybody. It's like, yeah. I'm old. I can't, I don't know. My, my patience level has always been low. So shit like that. I was like, well, I guess that's it for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I'm, for a guy like you that it really enjoys that. I, I totally get it. Like that, the vibe, you can't get stuff like that anywhere else. And I totally understand no, why yeah. you chase that, you know? So yeah, no, that's, that's something that's super special to me and I miss it like every day. That yeah. I'm stuck in the house, but I'll be back and we'll we'll get something done. And I might start doing YouTube videos again. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I support you. Go do all those things. Get us a beer sponsor for Game Goons. Uh, Working on it. That would be sick. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I support you. Gibby supports you. The Game Goons, the Game Goons universe supports you. And uh, I just want you to be the best at whatever you want to be the best at, man. And I support you. Thank you. We love you, man. We love you guys also. We love you, bro. (laughs) Fucking love you, bro. I don't say that to a lot of people. You, my daughter, and my girl.